Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Alright, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast, Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk about, I don't know, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about long-term survival. Now, what I mean by that is survival, They, I guess the, the description that you hear the, the apocalypse guys say is maybe after the die-off. Um, basically, what I'm talking about is you have your stockpile of food. It's going to get you two months, three months, six months, a year. Mm -hmm. And then things start to get into a routine, a rhythm. Um, the initial roving gangs, whatever, they will all starve to death. Things are, you know, starting to settle out. Now, that doesn't mean security is not a thing. Right. But basically, when you're starting to, you know, rebuild, <clears throat> live, whatever. Right. You're running up on the edge of the supplies that you have stockpiled and you're starting to think in a in a broader sense. So, you you you've come out of the bunker. Um, you know, you're you're with uh what's his name, the big uh, guy John Goodman? Right. And he's like, "You know what? Girl, I really lied to you. I don't know. I maybe hit you with the car myself mm -hmm. and let's go out. Now it's time to go." And maybe the radiation wasn't really a thing after all. Fucking John Goodman. You can't John trust him. That guy, he's crazy. Mm -hmm. So anyway, first of all, I have to point out Kevin's back. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. Because I know it was getting a little hairy there. Yeah. You guys were like, you know, maybe I'm going to cancel the Patreon. Yeah. I don't know if I'm really getting my full value every week. Well, I had to go on uh, what, what the Australians call a walkabout. A walkabout. I had to go on a on a spiritual journey to contemplate uh, my life choices. Was there peyote involved? <laughs> There's no peyote, but I did come up come to 
several realizations. Uh, I decided that I'm going to be, um, I'm going to invest a little bit more energy in being ruder to people. I like it. I'm gonna start, I like where you're going. I'm going to start more fist fights. Yes. And I'm going to drink a lot more than I've been drinking. Now, were you in a fist fight during the past <laughs> week? I wouldn't call it a fist. I wouldn't call it, say anything I was involved in were fist a scuffle? fights. scuffle? Scuffles, maybe. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, did you drink more than you were in the past? Yeah, I've been working on picking up my tequila game. All right. And, uh, you know, I used to drink beer. Now I drink shots, and the beer is just to just to keep the buzz going. You know, uh, it's just to maintain. Keep it so even. So I'm really keel. picking up my alcohol game, and uh, you know, I, what I'm trying to do is make better life decisions, and so that's the areas I, I seem I'm going to work on. I remember when we were both in the Navy. I came over, and you were like, "Oh, let's have margaritas," and you grabbed like the mason jar size glass, <laughs> and you poured tequila in it, and just started drinking. And I'm like, well, I'm not sure that's a margarita. <laughs> it's not really, that's a man's margarita. <laughs> is that what that yeah. is? <laughs> now, have you ever done caveman shots? I, I can't say and that I years have. Years ago, I did that. It, it was, you know, very bad decision. It's What you do is you, you drink the tequila, you snort the salt, and you squeeze lemon juice in your eye. And... uh I gotta say, I had a I had a nosebleed for about a week. So <laughs> let me just recommend against that for everybody. Uh, you're a little disturbing, is what I would tell you. So mm-hmm. back to the topic at hand. Right. You know, we gave the entertainment value right there. All right. So for yeah. those of you who are like Kevin isn't funny, he's kind of a bore. There mm-hmm. you go. All right. All right, and he probably killed somebody with those caveman shots. <laughs> Someone's dead. Someone's dead. So. Um, basically, I think first I want to talk about like what areas, what would you think of kind of, well, first of all, I think you're going to need a community. Right. For long-term survival. Um, it's really tough to do it on your own and maybe there is a place for that. And we'll talk about that in another episode. Mm -hmm. Maybe we're back on the bushcraft or something like that. That has a place. But I think we're looking at the community mm. kind of minded with this episode. Right. Um, community as far as security, community as far as everybody working together towards a common goal. Now, this may be like some kind of pre-planned militia kind of thing, prepper right. group, or this may be a group that you put together after the fact. This right. may be your cul-de-sac. You guys all to get together. However, there's got to be some place to, you know, have some land and some farming. Um, maybe it's your extended family and you're all coming together. You mm-hmm. know, who knows? Right. Now, with that, with that in mind, you have, to, um, you have to think about the size that you're willing to have. Uh, obviously, you know, a smaller group like five or six people is a lot easier to deal with. It's easier to have like-minded people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot less disputes and conflict. Right. But you're going to have a much harder time getting everything done with a small Harder group. to get things done and your security is very limited. When you're a group of 100 people, right? not a lot of people are going to be like, hey, let me go take all their crap. Mm-hmm. But when you're 20 people... You might be a little vulnerable, mm-hmm. but you have to decide what you know you're willing to do. Now, I know we kind of did a uh, community group episode a while back. 
but we're taking this to a new level. This That's is right. long-term survival. Mm -hmm. Now, when you have your group, you have to think about um, uh, the skill sets of different people, but there's other things that you have to think about. Um, obviously, you want to have people, if you're planning this group beforehand, you want to have people that live close by. You don't want to be in, in California and have uh, your group of friends in Florida. That's not going to work out. I, I mean, it's not it's not a, a great plan for, for things like that. You know, it's uh, it's great to be able to commu communicate with other people and have uh, ideas, you know, different different uh, areas. And it's not a big deal right now. But when the shit hits the fan, you're not going to be hopping in your car and going on a road trip. Uh, at least you don't want to be. Um, you also want to have a group of people that are equally invested in, in um, getting supplies together. You know, you don't want to have a bunch of people that are just going to show up and expect uh, to be eating all your food and, and using all your stuff. Uh, you want to have, no. have people that have a mindset. They got to work. You want to have people that have a mindset ahead of time. I like that. That are already planning for it. Um, you also want to have uh, a basic understanding of tactical uh, tact uh, tactics. You know, you want to yeah. have a, a basic idea. You know, do you know how to even use a firearm? Because, uh, you know, that's great. If, if you're great at farming, that's, that's fine. But you want to be able to actually operate a, a firearm without accidentally shooting somebody in the ass. So I mean, those are all things to think about when you're um, when you're working on your group here. Uh, there's also a lot of skill sets that you want to diversify. You know, you want to have um, you want to have people that know about farming, hunting, uh, raising animals. Uh, you want to know about pe people that can forage. You know, forage for food, forage for you know medic uh, medicinal plants and things like that. Um, you want to have somebody with an understanding of of um, uh, medications, the way different things work, uh, how to set a bone, that sort of uh, sort of stuff. And I think you know it's kind of you work with what you got. You right. know, now if you got a doctor, a nurse, an EMT, you know, obviously in different levels there, they, they all have different abilities. But if you don't have that guy and you can't find that guy, that guy doesn't exist in your community. They were all killed off or whatever then who's the guy that's going to take on the books and, mm -hmm. you know, hey, you know, you're pretty good at maintaining stuff. You've got your, you know, Boy Scout first aid merit badge and, uh, yeah. you know, but and you go with what you got, but then they should be taking the books and expanding right. their knowledge. Right, and that's, that's uh, you know, just another uh, another mention of, of having that prepper library available. Yeah, you I know? think having a prepper library you know, beforehand, and we've talked about this, is huge. And that's the thing. If you can have, you know, hand somebody a post-apocalypse uh, water purification book and say, yeah, this is your problem, figure it out. Right. Then, you and know. you want somebody competent. Right. You want people competent to be able to do these things. You're going to choose your leaders just like you would in business, you know. Right. Somebody who's capable. And and that's what you're looking for. Right. Um. I also want to, you know, maybe maybe um, you want to have people in your group that are cooperative. I like that. You know, it it's no good to have have a million chiefs and no Indians. You know, you gotta have you gotta have uh, people willing to work with each other. Uh, also, somebody um, that's good at mechanics. Okay, and uh, you know, people that are good with a security mindset. 
You know, you you want to really have a a wide variety of skills, and you might not have those skills. You might not have everything, but you know, having that that library where you can do research and focus on one specific yes. thing, uh, really give you a hand up. Yeah. No. Exactly. Um. Yeah, no, there's a lot of different, you know, skills that you need to bring in and you need to learn to delegate. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, you need to think about structure. Mm-hmm. Um, I would think like, again, you know, you got to realize, depending on the size of your group, somebody might take on several of these roles or you might have a person designated for everything. So assume like a command structure. You need some kind of government, you know, in your group and how you're going to do things. And that may be a dictatorship. You know, you got to decide what's going to work for you guys. You know, Mm -hmm. you have the old colonel who's, you know, got knowledge out the wazoo and he might be the guy to make decisions and he's a good moral guy. Mm -hmm. Maybe he is your dictator and he runs things, you know, Mm -hmm. or maybe you have a council. You know, maybe you have five, six guys, whatever. You decide what you do. But you need somebody to, like, monitor for problems. Right. Kind of look for shit going on. You need somebody who can give counsel, you know, and and advice to people. Um, You need somebody to be, like, a sheriff. Right. And that usually should not be your dictator. Right. That's not going to be the same guy depending on the size, Mm -hmm. you know. Maybe if you're really small, maybe you kind of are both guys. Right. And maybe your sheriff is in the security force, but he shouldn't be the head of the uh, defense Right. You group. might have a military guy and a sheriff guy. Right. And that's a different, you know, role. Yeah. Um, that's a different skill set. Maybe somebody to uh, serve as a judge. Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody to kind of impose judge punishment or be a jailer kind of thing. Right. You know, again, you guys work out your own system, you know. Um beforehand if you're setting up like a militia group having somebody like administration and finance Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff you know somebody to keep you know member records or you know organization like that somebody to monitor the financial stuff or the group's expenses maybe you guys buy a big 20 acre farm or maybe you whatever somebody to keep people posted on you know stuff like that but again that you know maybe doesn't apply as much Mm -hmm. And maybe it does. Maybe somebody after, you know, after shit hits the fan, maybe somebody maintains, hey, these are our supplies and Mm -hmm. I'm the supply clerk. Right. You know, Um, you need somebody in charge of like gardening and farming, like Kevin was saying, tending livestock. You know, that's somebody who might be. And that's, you know, that's a a lot of people that that are interested in farming are good at at livestock, but you know, it's not necessarily the same person. Um, you know, milk, milking goats and cows and, and raising rabbits is, you know, it's a different skill set altogether. It it really is. Um, you know, yeah, the farm might have everything and sadly the farmer might be the most knowledgeable guy in both areas, but that also doesn't mean he doesn't take on a right hand Mm -hmm. and say, look, you handle the livestock come to me with your problems, you know, or however Mm -hmm. you guys work it out. Um, the basically maintaining your love location, you know, like I said, if you buy a big farm or something like that, 
you know, who's in charge of the maintenance and that kind of stuff beforehand. Right. And who's like your handyman, like Kevin was saying, you know, long term after. Right. Um, right. You've got your, um, you know, you've got your solar still or you've got your uh, windmill for, for pumping water or, you know, you have to have somebody that's competent enough to, to repair these things when they break down. Um, food preservation. Mm-hmm. Somebody who knows how to do that, that's a huge skill. If you spend your day smoking and drying and dehydrating food, right? this stuff, you know, it's a skill. Uh, food service. Who's, you know, who's your kitchen? Who's cooking it up? Handling that, you know? In a post-apocalypse world, that can be an all-day chore, right. you know, working out food. Um, entertainment might be a thing. Mm-hmm. You may have somebody in charge of hunting and fishing. Right. Um, you know, I would imagine you do. Mm-hmm. Security? Yeah, I think that security is a, uh, an issue that everybody has to be competent at. But obviously there's going to be some people that are have a better mindset for it. Um, you know, if if you are uh, really great at, you know, doing your organic garden in the backyard. Um, but your friend uh, spent 20 years in the Army. He's not going to be able to do as as well as you in the garden. Um, and you have to kind of delegate roles as, you know, at, for skills. Um. Yeah, no, exactly. So you have maybe security patrols. You might have posts. Um I know one of the prepper books I read from the Black Rifle Coffee guys, I don't even remember the book, but mm-hmm. yeah, I've mentioned it before, whatever it was, but they had like a quick reaction force. Right. And that's pretty common. You know, mm-hmm. to have like 10 guys or whatever who can go to the hot spot or whatever. When So you might have your patrols and your whatever, but when something comes up, you want right your people capable, that are, are able to trained, uh, you know, mm-hmm. usually prior military law enforcement, SWAT guys, whatever. Right. You know, they might be the one and maybe a group of guys who conduct raids, ambushes, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um security's definitely a thing to you know, deal with. Also somebody who can deal with the local surrounding community. Right, uh, like a um, you know, somebody may be involved in politics or law enforcement, you know, prior that's yeah. familiar with the area. Um, logistics, mm-hmm. uh, that would be like transportation, supplies, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, equipment maintenance, even. Um, we touched on medical, medical yeah. supplies, community relations in from a medical kind of thing. That may be something you want to get involved in, you know, of, of right. basically trading mm-hmm. medical skills. You know, hey, yeah. you want to bring your guy here. And when we were, we were talking a, a second ago, you'd mentioned uh, maintenance. Um, but, you know, if you've got everything set up, you maybe want to think about doing like a preventative maintenance program. You know, keep things from breaking down. It's a lot easier to keep something running than to fix something after it's fucked up. Oh. The military runs on preventative maintenance, right? Mm-hmm. The 3M... Uh... That's right. I, I spent years and years just uh, greasing stuff that was already greasy. Um, Maybe you have a ham radio guy. Or yeah, I think a, a, comms, somebody, that's, yeah, somebody that's uh, good at communications is, is an important skill set, especially when we're talking about security and uh, quick reaction force and things like that. Um, getting a, a jump start 
before a problem is a serious problem? Um, training. Mm-hmm. You know, working on that and also cross-training. Cross-training, and, right. you know, maybe you have a coordinator who's like scheduling and that kind of thing, you know, helping out with that kind of stuff. Right. And the bigger your group are, the more you're going to be able to spread this out. But there's nothing wrong with having um, uh, multiple people filling multiple roles. So, I mean, that's that's an important uh, important thing to think about is is if you've got a nurse – uh, in the community, um, maybe do some cross training in in one of the other uh, one of the other things. Likewise, you have somebody that's good at security. Cross training in in farming would probably be a a great idea. Um, I feel like Chuck's got a lot of uh, a lot of good skill sets, oh, and I think uh, I like I've got it. I've got a few skill sets of my own. And between the two of us, I think there's. Not a whole lot we can't handle. I like it. I like I get the props there. Well, yeah, you did come by a couple weeks ago and help me replace my uh my alternator in that fucked up car I had. You do have a fucked up car. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, and it, it it's way beyond those of you who remember changing alternators and uh in the 90s, you yeah. know? Yeah, it ain't the same thing It's now. not the same thing anymore. I'm like, oh, yeah, an alternator. That'll take me an hour. Mm-hmm. And four hours later, yeah, laying in the part, rain or dis- something. Yeah, disassemble the entire car. Taking out the air conditioning compressor or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. But no, that's that's the idea is, uh, you know, there are guys who have, you know, different skills and you want to bring people in. And it just sucks when you always end up having to be the uh, the maintenance guy. Yeah. I don't know. My janitor man outfit, you know, mm-hmm. I just come yeah. over and cover alls. Just got a, like, why not? Uh, you know, set of 500 keys clipped on your belt and good yep. stuff, man. Now, um, I was talking to some friends of mine. Uh oh. And I was telling them I was, I was really more of a hippie than a survivalist. I believe that. They started laughing at me and making fun of me because apparently they don't think I'm a, I'm a very loving person. I no, feel were like they I'm hippies? Very, they were just, I don't know. In their mind, so. were they hippies? No, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think they, but they didn't think I was a hippie. That's for sure. All now, right. I'm more of a, more of a, a hippie commune type of person than I am a um, survival Militia. compound. All right. You know, but um, I've got my well, I ideal. I think both would involve weird sex stuff. Yeah. Well, there's a really a, a thin line between survivalist and hippie. It's it you know seems it. it's a it's a thin line there, uh, but I was thinking about setting up my my hippie commune my my ideal all right commune. So, ideally, when you have the uh, the the post apocalypse commune going, um, you want to have like a a main central location. You know the big house with uh, multiple bedrooms, food storage. Uh, armory, you want to have it to be be defensible, but you know, on a on a bigger farm, you have to have some outbuildings. Yeah. So ideally, you would have a barn. Um, you know, the barn could double as a as a tool shed. Um, you want an outdoor kitchen. Um, you want a, a medical location that's that's clean and you can keep you know, uh, keep clean and stocked. Um. Butcher shop. You don't want necessarily want all the animal off all next to your your uh, medical building. No. Yeah. Um, you want a garage or workshop, which again could be your barn. 
uh, blacksmith shop. That would be, I think, to me, that's that's an important uh, important thing that a lot of people don't think about. Um, you want to have your outdoor your observation posts on the outskirts. You know, uh, you want to you want to know somebody's coming before they know that they're going to come on come up on you. Right. Um, and some of the requirements for your location um, would be. You want something out of the way. You don't want to be right next to a highway. You don't want to be, you know, five minutes from the center of the, of the city. Um, you want to have more than one source of water. Uh, maybe, a, maybe a well and a stream, something like that. You want to ha- have have it in an area where you can actually do hunting, you know? Being near a forest is huge. Right. Um, both for having timber to work right. with, mm-hmm. firewood, and to have somewhere to hunt right right and other natural resources are important too you know if you if you have something maybe a a quarry nearby or uh you know any of these things can be you know great great uh, resources uh but you also want to keep in mind you want to have some sun exposure uh you want to have you don't want to be on the uh you know on the north side of a of a sloping hill um that would be great if you're in australia you know get some of that sunlight there but you know what i mean depending I can't on help your area that they're upside down yeah well you know i hear they've they've really done some improvements on their their gravity boots in australia gravity boots to keep from to falling hang on. yeah to keep from falling off the, the earth you know so i mean good luck with that i know you guys been working with the ground harnesses to keep you on but i hope these gravity boots are a little bit easier to work with you know we get a lot of reports that in the foster's beer so yeah yeah um, but you know, that's, that's just my, uh, my dream location is and, Australia. Um, no, no. no. <laughs> I was my, my hippie say, commune, uh, your hippie I, commune. All right. I, you know, someday in the future and a decent amount of farmland. I don't know if you put right, that right. out. And you know, someday in the future, I, I hope to have a place where I can just spend all day walking around naked. I think you're just waiting for me to buy it. And then you're going to be like, Oh, I'll come over. Well, I'm looking at, I'm thinking about buying my neighbor's neighbor's lot next door and then maybe spreading out a little bit one house at a time that's right that's right eventually you have the whole street then the community Mm -hmm. baby steps right this can't take too long you take 15 years for each property you'll be dead before you get it dead before you you know that's right that's why i only have one son so they don't have to fight to the death over it nice Mm -hmm. nice now I don't know if you guys saw, I put a post up uh, a little while ago about uh, about my chicken coop getting all wrecked. Um, right, there, you showed me a video There uh, is a follow-up. Mm-hmm. Turns out it was a bear after all. That's right. And apparently a big boy. Big fatty. Um, I would say my best guess, somewhere between six and a half, seven feet tall, standing up. Mm-hmm. So you might want to get on into the Facebook group, check that out. Yeah, now, um, since we live in the, the socialist state of New York, yes, you can't actually shoot bears here. Well, kind of. Not, un, not unless the extreme situations. and Hunting season, yes. We're allowed a bear. Mm-hmm. But if it's just fucking up your chicken coop, <sighs> there's questionable area there. There is some nuisance laws, and it did say that I was within my rights to shoot it. However... I am supposed to immediately notify the DEC, mm-hmm. 
and then tell them about how I'm going to take the bear to them so they can have it. Right. And I'm like, wait, that's like 600 pounds. He's a big boy. Yeah. Yeah. And the DEC has no problem just right now, $1,000 fines left and right for, for nothing. Yeah, you don't want to really bring your attention you know, yeah. to them. Yeah, so, you don't want to be in their crosshairs for any reason. So there won't be any more follow-up on the bear mm-hmm. unless... Uh, yeah, that's it. That was all we're going to talk about about that now bear. You know. All right, I do have one other thing I wanted to yeah, talk about. Yeah, a hot about. topic. Yeah, well, I went to see Avengers Endgame all right. uh, last week. Now, I'm afraid of that, but go on. Well, it's not about gonna, the wait, movie. Are you going to give a spoiler? No spoilers. No. Okay. No spoilers. I When I left the movie, I went into the bathroom. And now there's there's seven urinals in a row there. Okay. I go to one end. Is this in Mexico? No, this is this is here. Okay. In in New York, there's seven urinals. There's nobody in there. I go to the very end. Another guy walks in immediately next to me. Yeah. The, I mean, I feel like there's there's a, a common sense. Did he have Wendy tattooed? You go, <laughs> you go to the <laughs> other end, right? I mean, you don't piss right next to the per. No. If there's open stalls, that's come not on, proper man. etiquette. No, yeah, we're not sword fighting. No, that's not happening. All right, so I'm not a crazy person thinking that this guy's a lunatic, right? Nah, he's a lunatic. All right, I didn't notice any like uh, weird eye movements or head movements or anything. No foot tapping about, you know, like a secret secret communication. Like the stuff. congressman, but yeah. I don't know. It's right. a little disconcerting. I feel like that's something that that needs to be addressed. Maybe, maybe. That's something you teach in in grade school, you know. Yeah, having a little bit of personal my personal bubble. You're invading my space. Yeah, yeah. You know, if there's seven urinals and there's six people pissing, that's fine. Whatever, okay. you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, you got to go. You mm-hmm. know. But I don't know. I just thought that was a little bit inappropriate. I, I think as long that's as I'm not unreasonable no, being no, I think, enraged I think by you're that. Right. Now I do last last thing here, and then then we'll wrap this up. But um, I recommended, uh, I got all excited cause on audible, you know, we're all, a lot of guys in the, the prepping badass group listen to audiobooks, and right. we're always like, Oh, what about this one? That one, mm-hmm. a lot of communication back and forth on that. And I was like, Oh, you know, you guys should do Atlas shrugged cause it's 64 hours right, for one credit. On Audible, and I'm like, this is great. Mm-hmm. And I had started listening to it. Now, I've listened to Atlas Shrugged like five, six times, whatever. Turns out, I was listening to the abridged version. Oh. That was like 11, 12 hours, mm-hmm. maybe even 15 hours. So I don't know. abridging shit really cut it down, huh? So it cut it down. Yeah. So now I'm listening, and I'm kind of regretting listening to the big one. Because it's like some of the stuff's drawn out, and I feel like some of the stuff they cut out, maybe they should have cut out. Uh, and I was like, oh, the they first... got right to the point. Uh-huh. Some of the craziness is like a little bit more. So I'm still not even close to done. I'm maybe 15, 18 hours in. <laughs> so we're just getting started. All right. So I don't know. It may turn around where I'm like, you guys got to listen to the full version. Right. But right now I'm like, yeah, I can understand if you're like, you know what, dude, I'm done with it. Yeah, I feel like I I read the book about eighty percent of the way and then finished it on audio book. 
Okay. Maybe that was a mistake. Maybe I should have finished reading the book, but it it was just like it just turned into like a slog, man. It was just a uh, little bit brutal after a while. I just man, I'm like, oh my god, it keeps going, and and some of the stuff you're like, what are you talking about? Because you're trying to follow it, and mm-hmm. you're now I'm not talking about like the great speeches, you know that that uh you know Francisco Danconia gives right. you you know whatever those are great or John Galt whatever later there's speeches and you're like mm-hmm. oh my god that's life changing and whatever not that I'm talking about like people having sex with each other and like their whole commentary in their mind you're like mm-hmm. so they are attracted to them or they're not, not yeah well she was con- or, a confusing author Ayn Rand was uh she believed that that all sex was rape. So, I mean, she had some weird, squirrely there, ideas. She said she only made one mistake in her life, and that was to tell her husband and her lover's wife that they were going to have an affair for two months when it was really going to be six months. Exactly. So that was the only mistake she made in her life. That but, only uh, sounds right. Uh, You know, whatever. Different yeah. strokes. That's the thing. They cut like a lot of that weird sex stuff out of... Uh-huh. It in the or maybe that's the best and in the quicker version, right. you know, bridged. And I was like, oh, maybe that was right. <laughs> maybe that's good. Know, I, I don't really want to know. Um, just a thought there. So don't hate me too much because I was like, oh, this is the best book ever. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, well, maybe the shorter now version. Now you're backtracking a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> a little slippery slope. So don't hate me. Um, you know, hey, whatever to each his own. But no, you. You can't, that's the thing. I'm just afraid people are going to give up. Right. At the like 20 hour and be like, you know, I, I, yeah. I'm done with it. But all the good stuff is the last. Yeah, it's the last little I bit. I guess 20 hours in this book, yeah, maybe. That book, but, shit. You know, but who knows? So, anyway, if you guys do enjoy the podcast, you're happy to have Kevin back. You may want to support us on Patreon. There are going to be some new patches coming. I know uh, Seth Spanny. Over at Span Eye Blades mm-hmm. is uh, hard at work on some prepping badass knives. Right, right. High quality, high uh, quality, custom made, custom. So you know, get excited. But uh, otherwise, you want to support us, but you're like, eh, I don't really want to break out the wallet. Maybe head over to iTunes or wherever you download this podcast and shoot us a review mm-hmm. and tell us how much you appreciate having kevin back because chuck couldn't really carry it on his own right when you're if you're thinking that you know the price that you spend on one cup of coffee that you get every morning is not worth investing monthly is that cup of coffee not better when you're listening to the survival of basic badass make one cup of coffee at home and take it with you this month you know, whatever. Donate that dollar. We're throwing that out there. You know, these, these are the options you have on the table. So with that, stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys next week. The Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Mm-hmm.